Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. What a wild roller coaster type of ride continuing today, especially when you look at the soybean market. Meal ended up lower. We were higher on the beans, a lot of red on the screen from a livestock perspective. We're going to find out the ins and outs of today's trade with Sue Martin. Sue is, of course, with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Got to start out with these beans, Sue. You and I were just talking about the wild week it's had, and it's only Tuesday. Well, exactly, and I think that when we look at um, uh, the bean market, first off, you know, late last week we broke after President Xi had been in the U.S., and, of course, China had been buying 3 million metric tons of beans going in, in the week before going into that um, meeting, and I think that was almost like a little bit of a goodwill gesture, but then after he left, the market just sort of was disappointed and the markets fell. And then you also had rain in the forecast for the weekend and into this week. And so I think the longs decided to take some money off the table. 1398 and a half on the uh, January beans was on a trend line from the top in May. And so I think the market just you know, the longs decided it was time to pull some money off. Well, the markets fell hard, and we ended up closing the week lower. And then Sunday night, we came in, pushed a little lower, and managed to take out last week's lows and clo- push, I should say, the major trend line from the low of May through the lows of October 12th and then extended. We were right on that trend line, and the markets caught very good buying. The markets turned around in a huge day, a 40-cent reversal day yesterday, huge day. Uh, those are kind of days you see on the downside normally, but a huge day up, and then today followed through. And we also have to keep in mind, and we've heard this saying many times here in the last few years, And even though we had it last week, my indicators were so uh, high and turning negative that I doubted whether we'd pull it through. But there's that this week again, up Monday, up Tuesday, up every day of the week except one. So with one being closed on Thanksgiving, which day is it, tomorrow or Friday? I think we'll be trying to still push tomorrow. If we pull back, then I think you're higher on Friday but a lot of times the market, it tends to be stronger the day before Thanksgiving and then maybe open higher on the day after, on the Friday after, and then come down and close weaker. So we'll see what happens, but uh, there is rain in the forecast all through this week and then into the weekend. And then there's a forecast of the heat coming back. And, of course, when you looked at uh, the temperatures overnight, looking at Argentina, uh, Santiago del Estero, and um, I'm trying to think of the other province there or state within Argentina, they had 42, 40, 42 degrees Celsius, high temperatures. And then you look at the rains in, you know, southern Paraná and Rio Grande do Sul in Brazil. Keep in mind, Paraná's number two producing state and Rio Grande do Sul, number three, and they're catching way too much rain. So a little bit drier for a few days, but then it turns right back cool and wet again. And then, of course, the northern portions and the center part of the state continues to see thus far the rains being disappointing. 
and temperatures remaining high. You know, it's almost like the tale of two stories when it comes to looking at South America, whether or not granted, and Brazil specifically, it's a huge country, but usually weather like this extreme is not something we're used to talking about during November. Well, normally, no. Usually you would see something like this maybe in October and December, but not in November. And because it's an El Nino Matakai, it's a little bit different, a little more emotional, I guess I would say. Um, we're thinking this weather is going pattern is going to stick through December into January. Then the key will be, does it turn wet in February like it normally would? And then is it too wet in the northern and center parts of the country to where while the safrina corn, you know, will be even later getting planted because not all those beans normally, I think a year ago, 80% of the beans were planted in Brazil. And now I want to say it's around 70, maybe 67%. So it's going to be a concern because they've already been thinking they would drop corn acres And because of the cost of inputs and what have you, and the low cost of uh, the price on the board. Now, in uh, Brazil, though, I would have to say their uh, price of corn is running so high that the commercials are giving up their campaign and the farmer's not selling. The farmer's holding because why? He's doing the same thing the U.S. farmer did. He he doesn't know what his total costs are going to be when it's all said and done. And on top of it, he's looking at the weather they're enduring, and he's reluctant to make sales. So the commercial, the exporter, is starting to think maybe they're going to have to change their campaign export uh, market and go towards maybe looking more towards soybeans as soon as that crop will allow. And that's going to be a little bit. So that says we're going to have a better export picture for our corn as we go through the winter months and possibly all the way in through May. Which is something our our folks need to hear because exports have been pretty far and few between. They have been. But I think our picture is going to start picking up. And then in the meantime, of course, our dollar has had a pretty nice little step back. And, of course, you know, if we step that dollar back, that's going to make it more uh, entertaining or enticing for the foreign buyer to come in and buy. Stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to talk about when we get ready for the second half here of the Channel Final Bell. We'll talk more about Argentina, the politics, and what that might mean moving forward. We'll also take a look at what happened on the livestock side with a lot of red on the screen. More is coming up on this Tuesday. It's the Channel Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids and the other regional brands, along with Channel Seed, are merging in 2025, and we're ready to up your seed game. Here's Channel Seed professional Dustin O'Hanlon from Lexington. I'm extremely excited about this to see the focus of taking all 11 brands and moving into one and combining the knowledge that we've got into one brand and bringing every bit of that together so we can have one focus, which is taking care of our growers. For more, contact your local Channel Seed professional. KRVN. Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell on the World Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation this afternoon with Sue Martin. Sue, of course, is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Why don't you go a little bit more in depth, uh, because we had to head to commercial break, uh, looking at what's going on in Argentina. You know, the, the new president that's set to take office, a lot of talk about doing some money changing. Of course, nothing is set in stone. 
But having said that, how does the farmer there look at it, and what does it mean for us as well from an export picture? Well, I think that uh, first off, you know, another thing that happened overnight was Argentina's outgoing uh, government or president increased the benefits to exporters of today, and that's according to a decree that's in the official gazette, giving them an improved exchange rate to encourage sales ahead of an administration change next month on the 10th. Now, the South American country is a major exporter of soy meal. In fact, they're the world's largest exporter of soy meal and soy oil. And so I would have to say, you know, um, the new president coming in, Malay, is saying he's going to drop taxes. And that includes taxation on the exporters and the farmers. Well, you know, taxation of soy meal going out of Brazil, or not Brazil, but Argentina, is around 30, 31% for soy meal and uh, on soybeans. And the farmers, you know, they have to pretty much pay for that. And so they're not going to sell anything because they're because they're thinking that this is going to go away and it means more money for them, not to mention doing away with the peso. But the government overnight also said to exporters that they would put them on an um, exchange rate, uh, basically that they would be able to, until December 10th, exchange half of their overseas income via parallel markets, which would offer exchange rates near 900 pesos per dollar. And then the other half would have to be done at the official rate, which is near 350 or 350 per dollar. So that compares to the previous level of 70% of the official rate and 30% at the preferential parallel rate of exchange dollars back to pesos. So uh, they're hoping that they can get more money coming into the country before the new president comes into office. And um, we'll see if that actually occurs. So looking at, uh, I heard there was some possibilities of China making some purchases overnight. Well, China is uh, looking at buying beans out of the Pacific Northwest. And so they have been in our market. Uh, I think that that started yesterday, and that's what stalled that break, uh, besides the technical side. Um, But China was in the market buying uh, yesterday, they bought two cargos, I believe it was, uh, out of the Pacific Northwest. So we'll see what else they come up with here today. But um, I think that when we look at this market, it's, you know, I think the U.S. is going to come into favor. And, of course, China, they know the Brazilian weather ever bit as much as we do. So they're going to try to get what they can and cover their needs uh, while they can get a hold of it. As we switch gears, what are your thoughts on this drop in the cattle market today? Well, I think that market's somewhat limited as to how high it can go. Uh, Cash trade hasn't been that aggressive yet, and it's only Tuesday, but you've got a holiday week. And so I think that what we've got going here is the packer is trying to be very, um, how do I want to say it, particular on how they're buying But on the same token, you look at the cattle market, and it looks to me like we still have the ability to push this market a little bit higher. We have to keep in mind, feeder cattle broke $43, a little over 43 So is there room for this market to bounce back up between now and the end of the year? 
yeah, there is. This market could bounce back. You could maybe come back 38% of that whole break. You maybe could come back half. Does it mean this market's totally healed? I don't think so. I think what we're looking at is a market that's going to have its share of issues for the whole next quarter. And so what will happen is you get into December, maybe December 5th to the 8th, somewhere in there, and I think the market, if it rallies into that, you better be selling some cattle or at least getting some hedging done because seasonally the market tends to break anyway in towards Christmas, catch, bounce into about January 10th, and then there's a very strong seasonal around the 10th, 11th of January that you'll break the price again of feeders into February. And then somewhere in there we might catch and try to bring this market back. All right. Lots of crazy things that are happening in these trades. They want to have further conversations, Sue. What do they need to do? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and you all have a great day. And you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Same to you and your listeners. All right. Sue Martin's been joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's the Channel Final Bell, brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professionals. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. That's the channel final bell on the Rural Radio Network.